This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Good evening to you. Good night to you. To anyone who isn't on Team England, right? Right. Curtis Rogers <laughs> and Stacey Rost. Seattle Sports at Night. We are coming at you Live Look, I was working Tuesday on my night. England jokes, my Revolutionary War jokes for a long time, and I'm yeah. just bitter that none of them worked out. Yeah, you did. You were spitballing them like the entire time we were getting. Curtis ready shot so that you guys know. I had while the match was going on, I had the Revolutionary War Wikipedia page up, and I was just looking through for some some factoids that I could uh-huh. turn into puns, and uh, and none of them. The, hit. the reason why none of them hit is because Stacy, I know. You are better than what you had brought forth. Yeah, that's to fair. the table. I, I know how good you can be, and I want you to be that good. That's fair. I did not win the day, but you know who did? Who's that? Is the U.S. Women's National? It team. is. It is. They uh, they're advancing to their third consecutive World Cup final, going for their fourth World Cup title in, in team history. Uh, Today, beating England two to one in the semifinals, got a big help from uh, VAR video assisted replay. Which, uh, if that did not go their way, then they probably would still be playing, right? Like that, like hours after the fact. Like this game ended what around two o'clock today. Mm-hmm. We're deep into the night here, so I mean, just imagine right. the hundreds of penalty kicks that would have had to happen between now and. And oh, then. yeah, the extra time would have been like another five hours at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got, I'm fine with. Like, I'm okay with yeah, it. But like, I think I think after a while you have to worry about um, just sheer exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, it's it's a long time to be out there running around. Like, you got to get some orange slices in you, right? That's how, that's how soccer is. At halftime, you get your Gatorade and your yeah. orange slices. That's how the Revolutionary War was won, is... You bring enough snacks, and whichever side is able to just keep that energy up. Yeah, I'll say this: Why would anybody pick against Team USA on the week of Fourth of July against England? That's a great question because you know who did do that, Curtis? Jim Moore. <laughs> Jim Moore put twenty bucks on England this morning, and when he walked into the sports pit today, yeah. he had the most dejected look on his face. And we're like, Jim, what's what's wrong? What's the matter? He's, I put 20 bucks on England. Well, that's your fault, yeah, Jim. Exactly. <laughs> what like, are you doing? Get it together, Jim. Come on now. But uh yeah, that I mean Team USA, they're really the talk of the sports world right now. It's either that or NBA free agency, and, and that's starting to die down a little bit. You still have Kawhi Leonard yeah. figuring out where he's going to go. Uh Major League Baseball nearing the All-Star break. Let's get into what is on tonight's timeline, and we begin, obviously, with Team USA today picking up the win in the semifinals against England, their third straight World Cup final. They're going to Alex Morgan, former Rain FC member. She now plays down in Portland. Uh, American hero. Yeah. And Coming a up. great birthday for her. Yeah. She turned 30 today. Mm-hmm. She also scored the game-winning goal today. So... I mean, what a day for her. What a day for Team USA. Yeah, they did kind of sneak by with a little bit of help from replay, but you know England what? England still, I mean, they 
they had chances. They did. They had that penalty kick opportunity in the final minutes. Well, and they had a separate moment where, who was it, that just completely tripped up, like no one touched her. Was it Millie Bright? It was Millie. Was it Millie Bright? It was Millie Bright. That We're pip, off. Pip, 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 diddly do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Team USA, they will now advance to the World Cup Finals, and they will play either Netherlands or Sweden. Those two teams face off tomorrow at noon. Uh, a big news for Team USA before the game today was Megan Rapino not in the starting lineup. In fact, she didn't appear at all, and some people thought it was tactical because defensively she leaves a little bit to be desired. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Julie Foudy of uh, ESPN, who was also a former U.S. national team member, uh, part of the 99 World Cup team, she said that Rapino didn't take part in any pregame drills and was very light, or she kept off her feet for the most part. So it may be that Rapino was dealing with an injury Mm -hmm. today. Hopefully that gets figured out in time for the World Cup final because I mean, coming into today, she had scored the last four goals for Team USA to have a goal scorer out there like her. Uh, Certainly advantageous for USA to have their entire roster healthy going into the final game. Uh, Some local news. Is this news or is this just us doing some snooping? Because Washington's football uniforms, which are now under Adidas, as of yesterday, the deal became official. Well, apparently pictures have leaked on Reddit. Have you seen them? I, I have. I was, uh, I, I didn't do the leaking, but I definitely saw it. No, the, that wasn't you, Curtis? No, it was not me. Okay. Uh, but I saw it and then distributed amongst uh, my Twitter followers. And right. Loyal it caught followers. Fi- yeah, it caught fire to the, the point of, uh, you know, you got local media types that are like, Okay, we're not allowed to talk about the uniforms, but I can't deny that these are them. I can't confirm it, and it's like it, it, it's there's not huge differences. Although I do no. like the sleeves. Yeah, the and sleeves they, have like this kind of not a not a hard stripe, but you can see like the Adidas logo kind of being worked in a bit. Yeah, and the number font is different. Yeah, that's about I'm fine it. With it. The shade of purple still the same. The shade of gold still the same. They got gold helmets. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, I'm a UW alum. Mm-hmm. I do not like our school colors. Purple and gold. Purple is just not a great color for me. Yeah. That's a tough one to... Uh, so I never love the jerseys. Yeah. It's just tough. It's tough. I'll, I'll say this. As somebody who went to a school that's a Nike school, and then you look at the history of championship winners in college football over the last like 25 years... Only one has been an Adidas school, and that was Tennessee. Let me take you all the way back. Stacey, There's not a lot of Adidas to 1998. Schools. That yeah. was 98 when that happened. You were only like two years old. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Jake wasn't even born. Yeah, Jake w- was still about five years away from being welcomed into this world. Right. So it's been forever since Adidas has had any kind of success on the biggest stage in college football. But I feel like that's just a numbers thing. Is it? Yeah, there's significantly more schools that have Nike partnerships. Maybe that's there's a reason for that. Well, Maybe their gear's better for, for success on the football field. I think Adidas has had a come up of late. Well, yeah, because they got uh, all sorts of celebrities yeah. doing stuff now. Yeah. 
Kanye West being chief among them. Can you imagine if in 20 years, New Balance is like the premier sponsor of all of these school uniforms? Like, what if New Balance has a moment? Weird. Dad shoes. Yo, bring it back. Fila. Yes. Ruse. Yeah, all these like 90s brands. That's what I want. Coming back. Granimals. Yeah. (laughs) Leading uniform sponsor, Granimals. Jordash. Uh, some news out of the NFL today. Dan Graziano of ESPN reports that tensions between the NFL and the Players Association may not be as big as we kind of make them out to mm-hmm. be, uh, to the point where those two sides are hoping to strike a deal on a new CBA this month before it expires before the 2020 season. It's interesting that there have been there's been a lot of posturing on both sides. If they really are close to striking a deal. Maybe I feel like the Players Association is not is going to get. A bit. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I wish I wish I knew more. I think it's because I have uh, significantly less faith in NFL owners. They've retained uh, a lot of decision making power for a really long time, and to give that up abruptly would surprise me. So I think that. Um, I mean, I kind of Boy Howdy earlier today tweeted that he would. He doesn't think there would be. Uh, substantial change if there wasn't some kind of lockout. Yeah. Or, and I don't know. Like I, I think that there are there's great representation. The players that that uh, the NFL has um, in as part of that negotiation are really smart guys. But I don't know. Like it's it's just tough. I just don't see the NFL owners budging on much of anything. No, and I think they're. The way the NFL owners go about their business in negotiations is like they'll concede on like minor things. Like I, I know a big thing for the players association is the rules on like marijuana in the mm-hmm. league. I think the NFL owners are willing to give that up if they can keep like guaranteed contracts yeah. or like un- non-guaranteed contracts still yes. a thing. And-, and I would I would think that they also have reservations they being the owners about long-term health care yeah. after players leave which i think Pension and all that yeah which i think that the players are also starting to focus on more and more as as a lot of stuff about cte and not just cte but just like joint pain like stuff that just you know by the time you hit 45 50 you know you're ready for like a hip replacement yeah very debilitating stuff right Hopefully, uh, hopefully that can get figured out. I mean, you just you don't ever want to see NFL players after they're done playing just be tossed by the wayside by the NFL owners and, and just it, it, it's there are those horror stories that we've heard over the years. Hopefully, those become a lot fewer. Yeah, as the NFL continues. I just to feel like people junk. that have a lot of power usually have to be cornered before they give any of it yeah. up. It's got to be some like smoking it's guns. Intense out there. pressure, yeah. It is. Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday, very sad story. Uh, the sudden death of Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Dallas area police have ruled out foul play in the situation uh, involving him. He was found in the team hotel overnight on uh, Sunday night going into Monday. So, you know, just it, it's so. Sad when anybody dies in the world of sports, but especially when someone as young as him, he's only 27 years old, mm-hmm. feels like he had his entire career in front of him. By the sound of it and reading all the tweets and, and messages from across shocking. Major League yeah. Baseball, very shocking one. And also, it, it, he seemed to be a guy that got along with everybody 
from whether you were media or a player. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, just thoughts, prayers, uh, they definitely are with the Angels organization from everybody across Major League Baseball. Just an unfortunate situation, and uh, hopefully uh, his family and the team can find some answers about just what went on there. Uh, some Some lighter news. The Golden State Warriors, they will retire Kevin Durant's number 35 jersey after just three seasons with the team. Does that sit well with you, Stacey? Mm, I'm indifferent toward this one because I am uh, I'm neither a Warriors fan nor do I just care much about it at mm-hmm. all. Uh, I know for Danny doesn't like it. Uh, Brock Heward doesn't seem like a huge fan. So there's some people here that just think it's kind of silly but i just i could care less i think danny's opinion on that carries more weight since he is a warriors, he is a warriors fan and he's been a warriors fan yeah and he life. was a warriors fan when they were god awful right which was right before this run like they were terrible uh to me i don't have much of a problem with it i look at it like this if Kawhi Leonard leaves the Raptors after just one season they're still going to retire his uniform because he gave them their first championship and Sure, he just left in not a... Well, and gave them a lot of star power. Yeah. Like, I think you look at that, it's one-third less time than Kevin Durant spent in the Bay Area and had just as and big of an impact. Yeah. yeah, and I think... I don't think there is a time limit you can put on a player getting their uniform retired. If they left a humongous impact mm-hmm. on the franchise, which Kevin Durant certainly did with the Warriors... It's the most memorable time in the franchise's history. I think he's deserving of getting his number retired. Totally fair. Absolutely. Now, quickly, before we go to break, you and I, we we spotted this yesterday. It was also spotted on Twitter. Yeah. And I did some digging. You did. Jimmy Butler, who uh, just recently was traded to the Miami Heat, his career path, no joke, Follows the same one that serial killer Andrew Cunanan went on. Right. Coincidence? I don't know. I'm not I'm yeah. not drawing any lines. I am not saying that Jimmy Butler is, uh, is a serial killer. Yeah. Right. Is, is he but Andrew Cunanan? Butler, Chicago, Minnesota, and then Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then Miami. Yeah. Andrew right. Cunanan, Chicago, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Miami. Yeah. Hmm. Something to think about. Something to chew on. Makes you think. Makes you think. You know what else is making us think? What's that? That is the women's national team as they continue their march to their fourth World Cup final. They've been sparking some really interesting conversations, conversations that I think have been needing to be had in the world of sports. We get into some of those next. Curtis Rogers, Seahawks insider, Stacey Rost, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. 15 minutes from now, it'll be time for Big If True right here on Seattle Sports at Night. Pro Football Focus, they have given their rankings 1 through 32 of the best rosters in the NFL. Where did the Seahawks fall in that list? That is coming up on Big If True. You can listen to Seattle Sports Night anywhere in the world. On the 710 Sports app, it is driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. Maybe you're listening over in Paris as you're attending the Women's World Cup. That's anywhere in the world. In fact, that seems to be the, the place to be right now. I think that's our prime target. Yeah, right. It, shout out to our Parisian audience <laughs> tonight. 
normally it's Hawaii. Yeah, normally it's Hawaii, but uh, tonight this one goes out to you in the city of love, Paris, France. Right. There they're we good. Go. They've they're listening. They're good. Yeah. Now that we've got that out of the way, Team USA gets the win today, two to one over England. They now advance to their third straight World Cup final, and they did it in the fashion that we've seen them really pretty much the entire way through. Two to one, mm-hmm. which is how they've won their last three Although matches. Although there was a very controversial yes. kind of recall of a goal by England yeah. when a player was offsides, and a lot of people said, mm, I don't yeah. know about that. It may have been by centimeters, yeah. if anything. But, but uh, still a physical match. Yes, and within that, Team USA has been kind of known for their celebrations throughout this tournament, which maybe because we're... Americans and a little brash. Yeah, we're we're seeing it. And it's like, all right, yeah. Alex yeah. Morgan sipping that tea. Yeah, Megan Rapino, you know, doing her thing, and you know all that stuff, and it's great and and all that. But across the world, it seems like that has not been viewed in a very positive light. Well, here's what I'll say. I think half of that's true, and which is why you and I were talking about it. And I think half of it is just kind of a narrative that's being created to either make by like uh, outlets here because it stirs up a lot of reaction. And it's not on purpose. It's stuff that's really happening, but we know that we talk about it. You and I are talking about it right now mm-hmm. for sports radio because we know it's a topic. Um, but I there is real backlash. And there's been uh, folks on uh, a Canadian sports network, TSN, um, a separate uh, former footballer and current analyst, uh, what was it, Lorraine Sanderson today, yeah, on uh, BN Sports over in the UK, uh, she talked about how, like, you know, it was classless of Alex Morgan to celebrate that way, and it was just, you know, it was unbecoming of the game and all that. And it's like, okay, would you feel this way if anybody from the English national team celebrated, like, pretending to eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, I don't know what it would be. I'm sorry that tea is just so closely associated with you guys. I thought it was a pretty solid celebration. And it was subtle. It wasn't like she didn't go over to England's bench and just, like, no one by one pretend to Oh, but to that would be tea. wonderful. Yeah. Pretend to take out a monocle. Yeah. And then, <laughs> smoke, like... Smoke a cigar. Yeah. I would have loved it if Team USA had pretended to be, like, uh... What is it? Scotland Yard. I would have the, loved it if the they British soldiers. Yes, or had awful humor and just disgusting oh, like breakfast. Oh, like Monty Python. Yes, or they pretended to get their teeth fixed. Ha ha ha! Got him. So <laughs> you, you look at all these things about Team USA and the conversations that are being had. There, there are so many different ones, and it's not just the celebrations. It's also like Megan Rapinoe and her comments about. You know America and, and and Sue Bird, who is dating Megan Rapinoe, and how she backed her up, and then also there's the conversations about you know equal pay and how Team USA is only receiving a fraction of what mm-hmm. the men's side would get if they had reached this stage of the World Cup, and that's even though women's soccer brings in more revenue. And name me two. American male soccer players. Right. On the That's the team. number one thing that I see when I see arguments about it is like, well, maybe if there were more viewers for the women's teams and it's like there are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yes, it, it, uh, it might not be the same as like a world cup viewing, but it's, or a men's world cup viewing, yeah. but it's still as far as like Amer the American teams go, they certainly, 
it doesn't warrant any kind of wage gap. No, it doesn't. And, it's and brought you, up interesting conversations. It has, and it's been from the very get go. You had uh, those Canadian uh, analysts over up in uh, our neighbors to the north talking about how the celebrations were just too much in their win against Thailand. This was disgraceful from the United States. I would have hoped they could have won with humility and grace, but celebrating goals 8, 9, 10, the way they were doing, is was really unnecessary. And then, you know, you had other conversations like that today over across the pond uh, in England where they were just like, oh, how could they have done such a, a thing to the English team, you know, where... We we invented the game. It's like, yeah, but America's beating you at it, so tough luck. Like, yeah. if you don't want them to celebrate, keep them off the scoreboard. It's also, not that hard. it's just, it's a place where different types of celebration, like, I'm sorry, but if this was a match in America, none of this would be out of pocket. Like, we have touchdown celebrations yes. in the NFL. Like, it's just, I think, far more, like, culturally accepted in America or in sports in the U.S. is that it's just seen as I mean there are like a million and five Twitter moments right yes I think it's just it's it's some people openly think it's wrong but um, others have no problem with it like if I'm looking at the people and I know I'm in kind of a bubble when I do this but the people that I follow on Twitter so you know primarily people in sports um, with like bigger outlets that are fine with it like they think it's funny so I don't know. I, I really don't think it's crass and unacceptable. Um, I don't. It's not getting in anyone's face. I just think that it's kind of this weird narrative that popped up about how the U.S. women's team are somehow like the villains. I'm not mad at it, but I, I don't think it's fair. I think I view it how, or I think the world views Team USA's dominance in the Women's World Cup as I think the same way a lot of college sports fans view UConn's dominance in basketball. Where they're just tired of it? Yeah, I think so. I think they're tired of it, and I think they feel like if Team USA's winning all the time, why should you continue to celebrate? But I I think of it like this. They're on the biggest stage that they've ever worked for. Mm -hmm. There is no stage bigger than this in women's, maybe women's sports. Well, and a lot of them are having experiences that are new. Yeah. Like a lot of those goals against Thailand when they got... Exactly. Like, not a whole lot of... I think, you know, there were, I think, two or three people. But other than that, it's women that have worked their tails off to get there. Yeah. Why would I not celebrate? Exactly. And to just be like, oh... We would have represented ourselves with much more class. And it's, it's like, like saying that like the Patriots shouldn't celebrate things because they win all the time when it's a completely different squad with the exception of Tom Brady. Yeah. I think I think there's a part of the audience that brings up these conversations that is not used to seeing women in See, sports and, celebrate yeah. this way. And, and I'm not saying that's the whole thing, but I think that everyone has to admit that gender is a part of it. Because yeah. I, I do think that there is this expectation that that women should somehow be classier and above it, which is weird because the women out here are athletes. Yeah. And why would you not be comp- – to get to that level, you have to be competitive and physical and passionate. So why would those not be evident after scoring? It's, it's wild because, like, these kinds of conversations are had – even with like Serena Williams, who mm-hmm. was, who is probably the greatest female athlete of all time, 
one of the if, greatest if athletes not, of all time. Yeah, exactly. And she's won like 25 Grand Slam titles and still celebrates Grand Slams as though it's the first time she's ever won one because there's nothing bigger in her sport than right. that. So why shouldn't she celebrate? And I think people are just like, whoa. Why shouldn't Tom? It's like saying that Tom Brady's out here with his six Super Bowl rings and shouldn't wear them because it's tacky. No one has dominated football so that universally people would say, oh, Tom Brady, number one. That's how Serena is in the world of tennis. You know the common thread between people who criticize those who have celebrated winning championships so much? They've never won that much. They have never won Mm -hmm. that much, and they never will win that much. Because it's just people who are in an office or in in a studio like this that have never won a Super Bowl, have never won a World Series, never won a a Wimbledon title, never won a Women's World Cup, and they're the ones saying, oh, you should act like this and this and this. And it's like, well, put yourself in their shoes. Would you tone it down after winning a championship? Just one. And I I, I wouldn't. Here's the thing. I understand that narrative because – who among us identifies with every single movie, every single storyline we ever root for is the underdog? Because all of us identify with feeling overlooked. No matter where you're from, I think everyone has this kind of root feeling of being an underdog or identifying with an underdog or wanting to see that person win because you want everything to be fair. And that's a value that a lot of people are raised with. So it makes sense. And it's hard for people to identify with people that win all the time. It's why the Patriots feel hated by so many football fans because they win all the time. And there's some resentment and jealousy and anger that comes with that. That's completely understandable. But what if they're winning in a phenomenal way? You have to appreciate what the Patriots have done for 15 years because the system is not built for them to do that. You have to appreciate the way that the U.S. women's national team is winning, how dominant they are, the way that these stars are performing. You have to appreciate it, and they're winning in a fun way. I had fun watching that match today. Oh, I had a blast watching it, especially with all of us in the sports pit together, just kind of huddled around Mm -hmm. the the TV that's in there and just – you know, living and yeah. dying with each minute that passes off the clock, that seven minutes of stoppage time felt like an eternity. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was just a, an incredible moment. And, you know, you don't get those without a team like the women's national team and how great they are. Uh, in 20 minutes from now, we're going to need your text questions to the Coors Light text line 710-710. It'll be time for Ask Us Anything. That's 20 minutes from now. But up next, Big If True Pro Football ranking Pro Football Focus has handed out their rankings of the best rosters in the NFL. So where do the Seahawks fall on that list? We talk that next. Curtis Rogers, Seahawks Insider, Stacy Rost. Seattle Sports Tonight on 710, ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Make sure you're downloading the Seattle Sports Night podcast, 710sports.com. Click on podcast. Scroll down a little bit. We're there for you. Every single hour of every single show is available right at your fingertips on 710sports.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play. We're there for you. Curtis Rogers and Stacey Rust will be here for you for about, oh, 20 more minutes or so. And uh, coming up, we need your text questions to the Coors Light text line 710-710. It'll be time for Ask Us Anything. We will try to answer anything that you text us that's coming up as we wrap up the night here. But uh, 
Stacey, you're familiar with Pro Football Focus and their work. I am. Well, today, actually not today, a couple days ago, they ranked rosters 1 through 32. And where they have the Seahawks ranked, well, I think it would make somebody, anybody say, that'd be big if true. This can't be happening! Big. You can't be serious, man. If. Did Did he he say say that? that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious! Tonight's Big If True comes to us from Pro Football Focus. They rank the NFL rosters 1 through 32, and the Seahawks are not in the top five. Mm-hmm. They're not in the bottom five. They're ranked 13. Which is just above middle of the road. It is, but the top 12 teams get into the postseason. Right. So, but how is that any? But it's really similar to the kind of outlook on them last year. It is. It might and actually be a little better. Yeah, I think last year people were ranking them like twentieth or so. Yeah, just because of how many. Well, how you much had no idea. Left. Yeah, how much talent they had left, and you had no idea whether they would be able to succeed. You had no idea whether the talent was the all pros they had or Pete Carroll's system. Yeah, and it was a mixture of both, as folks found out. But Pete Carroll had enough left there. To, to get you 10 wins. So the Seahawks being 13th right now as ranked by Pro Football Focus, I look at it like this. I think the Seahawks routinely, and there have been a couple of years where this hasn't been the case, mm-hmm. but more often than not are better at the end of the season than they were coming into it. Yeah. They're historically slow starters. Yes. It doesn't matter the year. Last year they got off to the own two start and looked dreadful. Well, and had lost Bears all game. of the preseason games, which I know don't matter. But there were a lot of players, a lot of young players who looked weren't used to a winning squad. Yeah. yeah, and I mean you lose four straight preseason games, which never happens here ever. There was a, a multi-year stretch where the Seahawks didn't lose preseason games, and then last year they get off to the own two start, but then they win ten of their next. 14 to make the postseason. I think this year you look at the Seahawks schedule and how it sets up. You know, I I could very well see them getting off to, you know, a three and three start Mm -hmm. and not really break a sweat about it because the Seahawks are a team that, and especially Russell Wilson, also a quarterback that gets better as the the season goes along. Yeah. You look at the first uh, few games. At home against Cincinnati, I would I would expect that to be a win. Uh, yeah. But then at Pittsburgh, not an easy one. Nope. At home, Saints are going to be Saints, hard. Not, you're at home, but you're against the league's one of the league's best teams. Yeah, at Arizona, which has always been a, a real tricky spot for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, at home against the Rams, who are coming off an NFC West crown and fall into the second spot of those top five teams by Pro Football Focus. Yeah, number two, which. After they lost a lot of talent this offseason, so I don't know if they are still number two. And then at Cleveland, that's a bunch of tough The games. new darlings yeah, of the NFL. Exactly. The Browns are not the pushover that they used to be, or at least we're not expecting them to be. So when you look at where the Seahawks are compared to the top really half of the league, yeah, where do you think they've fallen? Is 13th? Too low I, or no, is it I don't just think right? So. I think it's fair. I mean, I here's what I'll say about this team. I think that what pro football focus is doing is looking at trends and patterns and statistics and trying to look at 
at what the players that they have have shown, trying to project uh, what they can do based on that. Seattle has a lot of young players, and there's two things at work. A, they have young players that up until now haven't shown a lot because they're entering a second or third year. And the proven players you have um, have been pretty reliable veterans. Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright up until his injury, and Doug Baldwin up until um, being released or essentially retiring this year. Um, I think another thing at play is whether consciously or not, I think the past of a team will always affect uh, how you see them performing. And I think it's really hard, even just looking at statistics, to not still have a question of how much of Seattle's success was due to Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, uh, and more, was due to their talent and ability and what they brought and how much of it was Carroll being a phenomenal coach. This is only Carroll's, what, now second season without all of those guys? Because he still had Earl Thomas last year for four games. So this is the second season without all of those guys. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of uncertainty there. And I I don't know. Like, I, I think fans, every year, if you're a fan of a team, you want your team to go to a Super Bowl. Every year, players want to go to a Super Bowl. They put in so much work. Your body's in pain for <laughs> 12 months out yeah. of the year. And, you know, it's it's not easy and it's awful and you want the reward for that. So it's not weird that people would be upset by it or that players might feel a bit bothered by it. But I think for starting the season, it makes sense. What I will counter is I think the ceiling for a lot of Seattle's players is a lot higher than folks will give them credit for. And, you know, it's... It's hard to defend that when you don't have a performance of a player to lean on. And there's nothing you can point to and be like... There's nothing you can point to. See, exactly. because of that, he's going to be a superstar But player. I think Russell Wilson has showed no signs of slowing down, continues to be great. Chris Carson, um, you know, has some injury concerns, but uh, ultimately put up the first 1,000-yard season by any running back since 2014. Um, Tyler Lockett had... I think a Pro Bowl caliber season last Certainly year. Certainly a breakout year. Yeah. Um, the offensive line took a step forward. Again, there's there's questions with all of these. Um, Trey Flowers looked really promising. Shaquille Griffin struggled, but, you know, has a chance to bounce back. Bradley McDougald, if he can stay healthy, is promising. There are a lot of question marks for a team that used to have pretty much every starting position decided before camp started. And now they don't. And that's somewhat new territory. I know this isn't their first offseason entering that kind of question, but other than that, it's it's different. This is a Seahawks team that, for the first time since uh, like 2011, 2012, probably 2011, finds themselves back into that kind of middle-of-the-pack territory that most teams, if you have one or two stars on your squad, you kind of linger there because you're always going to have these perennial all-pro players. You're Bobby Wagner, you're Russell Wilson – that keep you in games, but you've also got to find ways to catch up. And so I think they're just kind of back into that middle-of-the-pack starting point that a lot of teams with both a franchise quarterback but also a lot of questions will find themselves. I think the thing that separates the Seahawks right now from the 2011-2012 Seahawks, which is 
probably the the only other time in Pete Carroll's tenure where there were just where this where there were this amount of questions mm-hmm. surrounding the roster is that you do have star level players in place at probably two of the most key spots, obviously right. quarterback. And then essentially and then, the quarterback of the defense. Yeah, middle linebacker, where you didn't have anything close to that in 2011. Yeah. And not even really until 2013. Mm-hmm. Well, 2012, near the end of the season, you still didn't quite know what you had in Russell Wilson. It was probably that Patriots game where he led the comeback, threw that bomb to Sidney Rice to give them the, the game-winning touchdown. But it probably wasn't until that game, or maybe even later in the season, when Russell Wilson beat the Bears at Soldier Field, that they had it locked down, that you knew that there was talent in place and, and superstar potential in place. Well, I think that's what puts these Seahawks a step ahead of those teams and where yeah. they were, and I think they're a lot closer to getting back to contention. Well, it's why the Packers than, have been looked at like that for a long time. Oh, yeah, because they the Packers haven't been. Yeah, the Packers haven't been to a Super Bowl since – I mean, the Seahawks haven't been since 2014, but the Packers – won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. They've only like been Seattle's to one. one. Yeah, Seattle's won one Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, but been to two. But they're always seen as kind of in the fight because you have Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. when you have that piece locked down, like you, you're never quite counted out as long as he's healthy because it's something that it's an advantage that you legitimately have over about a third of the league that just does, doesn't have a franchise quarterback. There are teams that are entering this season with star power on defense, and they don't have anything on the offensive side of the ball. Hate to see it. You hate to see it. Coming up next here on Seattle Sports Tonight, we need your text questions. The Coors Light text line, 710-710. Time for you to ask us anything as we wrap up the night here on Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hey, we could use some more text questions to the Coors Light text line 710-710. It's time for you to ask us anything here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is Seattle Sports at Night. Curtis Rogers and Stacey Rost with you for just a few more moments Stacy, it Curtis. is time for the people. <laughs> yes, it is me. It's an automatic reply whenever you say Stacy. <laughs> Speaking of automatic replies, like I'm going out of town this weekend. Uh, yeah, can I tell you, Kyle already called you out for this. Oh yeah, you weren't in the room. What would he say? Go ahead and tell tell the people, Curtis. I've already written my uh, signature yes, sign up. Yeah. Does it say from today? No. Or it does it say, I will be out of the office from the 5th to whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Curtis has his automatic replies set up because he's going to be out for the all-star break yeah. from like the 5th to the 10th or something. Yeah. And uh, the other day, Kyle, the producer for Brock and Salk in the Morning, tried to send you an email. It already and, kicked back? Yeah. In the middle of the sports pit, he goes, what? Curtis already has his automatic <laughs> replies on. I didn't know it has that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I'll gladly admit to that. Yep. I, I'm ready to be on You got vacation. one foot out the door already. Yeah, I do. And tomorrow, like, I'll be here hosting Seattle Sports Tonight, but, like, Stacy, it, it is the day before vacation tomorrow. Like, I know. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm lucky it's to be It's the Friday of all Fridays it is. on a Wednesday. It is. We got a four-day vacation. Yep. Yeah. Uh Ask us anything. Okay. It's your turn to ask us anything. Curtis. Stacy. Uh, what is the best 
uh, rant or tirade in sports history. That's rant or tirade in sports history. I'm going to go with Mike Gundy's I'm a man, I'm 40. Uh, when he was, the, or he still is the head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, he just, he lost it. Another one is the uh, Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. So we let him off the hook. Yeah. That's another good one. I like the Lloyd McClendon picking up the bases. That's a really good one, That's too. one of my favorites. He just picks it up and he, he just leaves. Yeah. And doesn't say a word. Also, the, uh, and I do not condone this, but um, when we were doing the Cleveland Spiders kind of oh. f- history flashback, that the, uh, and I don't remember his name, the then manager used to threaten to beat up umpires when they made a call that he didn't like. <laughs> Like I'll let, I'll send you to the hospital, and you could never do that now because it's wildly inappropriate and it's also a threat. Uh, but <laughs> it's just man, there have been some tough-minded people in baseball. Yeah, uh, baseball. Every baseball manager is just someone's like strict stepdad. Yeah, Ryan Roland Smith, uh, who is on the Mariners Radio Network and also for Root Sports. He talked about a time when his manager, John McLaren, I think this was during the 2009 season, had one of the most like contrived blow-ups. Like, he had planned to blow up in a press conference following So game. he was waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, and so Ryan Roland Smith told the story about how the entire clubhouse like lost so much respect for him because like they knew it was planned, and they knew that like that wasn't like actual human emotion he was speaking with. Yeah. That was just him trying to fake it till he makes it. Uh let's see. Um what is the best prank you've witnessed? Best prank I've witnessed. I'm trying to think. I haven't seen any mean pranks carried out. I guess the I don't have a best prank I've witnessed, but one of my favorite pranks is a very subtle one. Mm. It's uh so you take a screenshot. Well, so you create a folder on someone's desktop yeah. that says something embarrassing. Um, and then you, uh, you take a, and then you put it like in the middle or somewhere where it's very clearly obvious. You take a screenshot of their whole screen and then you set it as their desktop background and delete the folder. So when they try to click on the folder to delete it, they, it makes them so mad because they'll be able to click on every other folder because Mm -hmm. the folders will be over the, the picture except for that one. And I've watched someone struggle on a computer for like. 15 minutes and it's the best nice (laughs) yeah uh in high school my buddies and i uh so we stuffed a a pair of pants and then also like stuffed the legs into a a, like pair of shoes Mm -hmm. propped that onto the seat of a toilet and so you could only see the legs hanging down from the stall yeah and it was a bathroom that, like, only had one stall in it. So you were so, trying to get a line? Yeah, so, like, no one no one could use the stall. Was there a line? Uh, Yeah, there was a couple people backed up, and they were just like, what the heck, man? What's going on? This was when you were in college? No, this is when I was in high school. I was going to say, is there nothing to do in Arizona? But I mean, I mean, also great no. weather, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. Curtis... Uh, what are you afraid to admit you don't know? What am I afraid to admit I don't know? Maybe like a sports thing. Uh, there were... What's the last sport? You know a ton about everything, but especially about sports. What's, mm. the, what's the last thing where you legitimately re- had to ask someone what it meant? 
Uh, something like probably in the eighties or seventies, like that kind of era of sports. Not that's not my forte. I'll say this: things I'm afraid to admit I don't know are like slang words that that kids use these days. You know why? Because you've never felt old before in your life. Yeah, now it's just like just, ooh, when you get into. I don't know what this means. I would say like twenty. Six, seven is when I started to feel like separate from the 21 year olds. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously you feel that way beforehand, but, but once I started to get to, to that age was when there were celebrities that were famous that I didn't know mm-hmm. that weirded me out. Cause I'd been obsessed with pop culture like for most of my life. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden there were like YouTube stars and people that I don't even know. You know, I don't it, know who they are. You know, when it goes viral, when somebody mispronounces the word meme. Yeah. Like you're I, afraid of that moment. I yeah, exactly. You're afraid of saying meme. One hundred percent. Like I, there was a time in my life I was probably like 23, and I still had never heard the word memes said out loud. I'm 28 now. Yeah. And so I was afraid to ever say it out loud, and I never did. Never did because I didn't know what the what the correct pronunciation of it was. Yeah. And then somebody finally said it out loud, and I was just like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Are you afraid of uh, high schoolers? Yeah, I am because I'm afraid of like I'll trip and they'll be like, walk much. I know. I'm afraid they're gonna make fun of me. Teens can pinpoint your biggest like mental weakness, yeah, or the thing that you like harp on the most Mm -hmm. without you ever having to have said it out loud, and they will find it, it, and then they will ruthlessly. It's like a shark that smells a drop of blood in the water from a mile away. That's a teenager with knowing that like you're really insecure about, Mm -hmm. I don't know, your eyebrow. Exactly. (laughs) They just know. And I, so the uh, grocery store by my house, I get off work um, on most days around the same time that high school gets out Uh, from like my morning shift. I get done then. And I walk in, and not only are they all bigger than me, but they travel in packs. They're like hyenas. And it's scary. Like, mm-hmm. it really, like, you just it, it, you just know that, like, they think that I don't know how to make a good Instagram post. And they think, they think that I are use stupid hashtags. Yeah. Yes, because we're, we're on, on the Twitter. Verge of death. I learned Twitter was something old people do the other day, and uh, I cried. See, I'm still in that mindset that Facebook is the thing that old people use. Like I'm not on Facebook hardly at all. I was ex- it was explained to me that uh, Facebook is what like your parents use. Uh, Instagram is just an old people thing. Meaning, I think to them like thirty, which to which two teenagers is fifty, and then uh, that the cool kids use Instagram, and then and then things that I've never heard about. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm thirty years old. Like TikTok? I TikTok. Ne- I don't know, I don't what, know that what that is. is. I don't I, I don't have time for that either. Man, we're not welcome on that platform. We're not. We're not. Uh, we got time for one more. Uh, what have you been obsessed with lately? Uh, I've been watching old episodes of Pawn Stars on Hulu. Oh my lately. gosh! Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I've been. All right. That's what I've been binge watching. Uh, yeah, I have been binge watching a lot. This British show called Love Island. I'm obsessed with, and they have a new season that I've been watching a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, mostly just shows. Yeah. <laughs> That's my life right now. Our work schedule doesn't allow for much free time. Well, and, and it, it's, it hasn't no. felt consistently summery outside. Like, it was raining earlier today. It was. And I just 
Yeah. What are you going to do? Go outside? This weekend, probably a lot of time to You know what I just watched was watch. Barry on HBO. Okay. I I've just heard watched... good. Bill Hader's in that. Yeah, it's really good. All right. All right. Well, may have to check that out. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Seattle Sports Night podcast on 710sports.com. That's going to do it for us tonight. We will be back with you tomorrow. Final show before the 4th of July weekend. Big 4th of July. Four-day weekend coming your way. Uh, so for Stacy Rost, I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle.